Hi, you're listening to the TL Podcast. My name is Thomas Lehuang, and I am interviewing someone who seems ordinary, but who is achieving extraordinary things. That is the quest of this interview. Okay, well, I'm here with the Office of the Year, Wisebury Office of the Year, and I'm here with Megan Green <laughs> and Kurt Bradby and Darren Butcher. So may I ask you a question? Office of the Year, what does it mean to you guys? Um, I think for our team, it's just something that they're really proud of. So we have won it a few times in the past, and every year I think the excitement of them winning it, but also having it sitting there in the office, it's just something nice that um, sends a message when clients walk in, but also for the team to be proud of. I think it goes to show all their hard work throughout the year. Um, so, you know, there's different award categories that you can win, but um, winning the office of the year means that you, you, you know, dominate in most of those, whether it be property management, admin, so everyone shares it as a, a whole team, where it's not just like a sales team award, it's the whole office. So, I think, yeah, it's a sense of privilege, I suppose. Mm. I know that you uh, say often, Thomas, that uh, that winning awards uh, means nothing, and, and I probably agree with you in in one sense that uh, it does mean nothing to some people. But because every day we we don't have a grand final, that is sort of our grand final each year, yeah. and uh, to win it, um, I just see the pride on and the passion on people's faces, and it just brings that team really close together. They get to celebrate, but also too they get to reflect through the year, as everyone was saying, and and that's brilliant. Absolutely. Yeah, I didn't mean it means nothing. What, what I was trying to really say is that that doesn't make the office. The office was already the office of the year before it actually won. Yes. And so a lot of people, what that happened is that they treat themselves badly until they've won an award. The minute they've won an award, suddenly now something's changed. And I think that it's wrong. The award should not make you who you become, but you become who you become. And along the way, you get the award. Yep. And, and I think that... That is probably what I try and, and mean. So therefore, in, in the scale of things, in the scale of a life, that award is meaningless, mm. right? But a lot of people are defined by that. A lot of people walk out there and they are no longer Megan Green. They are, oh, well, I'm an award winner. And, and then I think that's where you lose yourself. But I think people have a, a, you know, if they have something to strive for, I think that's what makes them successful. I think that's... Uh, you know, for us as a team collectively to know that we've got a common goal or that's a grand final that we want to try to push to or whatever, then it makes them feel like they're behind each other and, and uh, they should be in the trenches together. So I think yeah. it's good. Your office has won this many, many times. Uh, I think 10 times now. Mm -hmm. So, but last year you missed it. Mm -hmm. Now, there was one of a long string of winning, you know, and, 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 and I get that. Every year that you win, that is above three or four, it's every year where there's more stress because people are a bit fidgety. They go, ah, they can't be them all the time. And, and so you yourself start to create some inner anxiety almost. It's like, you know, when are they going to stop the run, you know? So when you lost it last year, what were your thoughts? Filthy. We weren't good enough. I think the team that deserved it last year won it. Yeah, yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. But... Um, but tell me more. Come on, tell us a little bit more. Let's be human about this. You're sitting there and you're going, man, we, we've got the, um, an amazing team, and then suddenly we didn't get it. 
I think what it does for us is that we, we go back and repack it. So we go back and have a look at each department, yep. look at where we can actually improve each department, and then we look at you know what we've got to do to make them stronger. And I think um, you know we agree that the, the team that won so totally deserved it. So uh, and we were very supportive of them. But we were disgusted in ourselves that there was parts that we'd let go, and and probably more importantly from a leadership group that we actually needed to readdress where we were coming from. And, uh, and find where we could improve each department by a bit. So. And I think once you're at the top, it's very hard to keep progressing to the next level. And sometimes when you aren't at the top and you see that as the benchmark, you can come up with new ways, new ideas to actually outsmart them or outbeat them. Mm. So um, I think we just probably got a little bit lazy in that yeah. maybe that 12-month period. I think you could see their growth coming for a few years and you know they did win other awards like leader of the year and sales team of the year along the way and you could see that they were growing um, but that year in particular I think their growth we probably stayed very much the same we still did great at what we did but they they raised the bar more than what we did right right but I think personally too you, you feel um, you feel disappointed and I think everyone should feel disappointed in, in um, you know, what actually happens. And so it gives us a chance to talk to the team and reflect and go, okay, well, you know, let's say that you did deserve it, then what do you do to lift the bar even higher? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that was one of the challenges that we put forward. And, and uh, you know, hopefully they can continue in lifting the bar. You went back, obviously, to the office. And there was a time of reflection. What happened then? COVID hit. <laughs> so I, I get it. But before even COVID hit, there were some planning because obviously the, one of the thing is for a very proud team that's won nine awards, you know, nine years in a row to now just let this one slip. I'm sure you went back to drawing board and sat down. All right, let's start planning because I want it. Right. So what were put in step in January or maybe in December? I think we do a lot of planning uh, and so one of the things that actually happens is well, I take myself aside and look at where I, w- I want the team, then I sit down with Began and we work out what we want the team to do and we'll sit down with the managers and give them the KPIs of what they'd like to see and what they think they're capable of as well. And that's not just in sales, but property management, in marketing, in accounts, the admin. Um, so we cover all our categories and then we set benchmarks of, of how to, uh, to go about it and then set planning days for them in the year that uh, they've got to sort of come up with ideas that are actually going to step it up and be a, a step ahead. And then we I worked like out that. a lot of our stuff was to do with also communication between departments. We hadn't really told everyone what we were doing, even though we had a lot planned. Yeah. Um, so it was about probably it being visual and people being able to see it, especially internal, to make them feel comfortable with what's going on. So we put a lot of video through our team so they could see what was actually happening and developing and what projects we'd had achieved and and, uh, made it a bit more um, that they could see what was going on. And uh, then we passed it over and said, okay, you guys run it the way you can and come back to us and we want to know if we're on target or off target. Yeah, and and I think that the nice thing that you also mentioned, which was COVID. So, so what happened with COVID? How could you keep that plan still on target? Yeah, so I think um, after the, the awards night, I remember the first sales meeting we had, sales managers, and Darren walked in and I think he's, um, he was a bit disappointed. Um, and then after that, it was probably about two or three weeks and I think he set a, a big 12-month agenda for um, the year um, to, to follow. And unfortunately, that agenda that we had, all the targets and a pathway to our success for that year, got stopped by COVID. Right. Um, so we had to, you know, like everyone, I suppose, in any industry, um, we had to learn to adapt and grow. And that was very important. Mm. I think the the speed of how we adapted to that 
COVID hitting. So yes, there was a plan in place and there was a short time there where it was like, crap, like maybe this plan isn't gonna work at all. Like it's, it's gotta all go out the window, but I don't think it all went out the window. I think there was bits of it still stayed in place. And then we got to grow because of COVID. It actually allowed us um, maybe time, but also it gave us um, the ability to look at, okay, well, this has happened. How do we now change? How do we adapt? Because things that maybe would have taken us six, 12 months before to implement were happening daily. Like these changes were happening so quickly because we had to. So there was a deadline there and it was just, I think the teamwork that went in behind that, even though the, a lot of them were working remotely and separately, they were still working very well as a team. And I think that was part of the reason of the success. Yeah, everyone had, I think, the same common goal and that was the company uh, to survive. And also exceed through that. And Darren did great in, you know, researching into America and into New Zealand and, you know, other places where they were starting to see it before us. And we're starting to look at how procedures and stuff and where it might end up and where it might go. And I think that was a big credit to his leadership. So. Yeah. Well, no wonder he won... Also, the leader of the year. <laughs> that, was, that was lucky. I, look, no, just, I don't think that was lucky. Go just, on. Just seriously. to add to that, I think I, I do think one of the big things in place was there was stuff that we watched the industry starting to change, and there was a lot of push for people working from home before COVID had actually hit. And uh, luckily, we had a few of our property managers that pushed that envelope a little bit, and we'd said, yeah, okay, yeah, we'll run with it and we'll see how it goes. We started to put things in place with property management. It opened up some platforms. We already had a marketing person working from home. We already had one of our administration people working from there. And so what it did was it meant that we were technically ready to make a move straight away. And what we decided to do was times that by you know, 30, 50 people, you know, and, and uh, they all started to go home and work from home. We broke people up into pods and stuff. And I, I think because we were already having something in play and we were already thinking about change and our team was already looking at change as being a good thing, not a bad thing. And that probably started 18 months before um, a process and it hadn't come to fruition until that, that um, had happened. But at that time, people just accepted that change was inevitable and that they were willing to, to back us and we had their back and they certainly had ours. Like it wasn't a one-way street, it was it was two-way for sure. This is the amazing thing because we, we have spoken about creating a happiness in business. We've spoken about people working at their rhythm, people maybe not having to be pushed the way that we used to push ourselves. Yeah. And it's, it's funny to see that, you know, it took a very small virus to m make a lot of those change possible. I mean, what kind of advice would you give a leader who thinks, now, if I pay someone, they better be in my office and work, and they better work for, if I pay them $100, they better work for 200 because it's leverage, leveraging my money. So what kind of advice would you tell them going forward, moving forward from here, this virus thing, whether it's going to transform into something else or it's only the start of a long line of other uh, mutations, it's it's changing the way we're doing work. Yeah, I think, look, we've learned through your teachings, I, I think probably one of the biggest things is that we had to be flexible and we had to, to move with the times and, and, uh, and the challenges. And all our leadership training sort of come out then, so the books we read and, and the people that we, we were associated with and the movies we watched, I think that was all really, really critical yeah. in what actually come out. And I think it come out in all different forms all over that, but they were lessons that we had. And so from my perspective, I, I seen it quite clearly that 
people are volunteers. They work for you and you've got to treat them like volunteers. And I think if you actually treat them like volunteers, you'll get the reward from them. And, and you know, gone are the days. And, and we were like that. You know, I have no question that we used to, to rule with an iron fist. And, and uh, we realised that working with them, not against them, is, is probably the key. And, and uh, now I, I think that the more flexible you are, the more likely you are to have the people. You've still got to be firm if there's a decision to be made. But uh, I think that, you know, you try to work with what they've got and listen to their ideas and it'll develop from there. So, Okay. Um, I'm going to put you uh, under the spotlight for a second. Let's see whether you're a giver. What would be five pieces of advice you would give someone to follow if they wish to take the Office of the Year away from you this year? Megan. <laughs> Megan. <laughs> I do like that cup, so that won't be happening. <laughs> well, we saw you dancing that night. That reminded me the, of, the, of the trick of the days of the trick again. <laughs> they can have it, and we'll have the new one. So uh, that'll be fine. So, I get it. I get it. So, what would be five things that they would have to do better than you? Culture. Because that, that doesn't mean that necessarily they they'd be doing number one, yeah. and number two, that doesn't mean that they're going to do it better. I think culture, I, what I see is they've got to run the back end sharply, um, as in they've got to know their income versus expenses equal bank balance. So that would be the first thing that I'd actually do because when you're comfortable with what goes out and what goes in, I think then you can settle into looking at what you can do better. Yeah. I think that community is huge and I think it's something that we really could improve a lot more on. We're putting a lot of effort into it, but I think it can go up another step and I'm hoping it will this year. And so I think that if you're saying here's to a sporting group or uh, an institution or to somebody in need, you need to be giving time as well. The money is, um, yes, it can help, but unless you're putting the time in, there is no benefit to them or you. Um, It is about being ingrained in what they do and, and who they are. I think that from a team perspective, you've got to go around the team and make sure that every individual is getting their goals for you to collectively get yours. And so if you concentrate on a team member's goals first, then you will eventually get what you need anyway. And so I think there shouldn't be a hidden agenda there. If they can improve life, um, then that's fantastic. I think that if a staff member isn't right for your team, then don't try to hold them or retain them. Um, it's sort of like the saying, if you let a butterfly go and it comes back at shores, if you, you know, you shouldn't try to contain it. And, uh, and so from my perspective, I'm looking now and going, okay, well, let's help them get their goals. I don't care um, if they're all millionaires. If they work and they are millionaires, then you're going to get a better benefit out of that, and they are too. So trying to create wealth for the people that are around you and your customers and clients, I think um, you've got to realise that without them, you've got nothing. And so if you can you know, work with your customers and clients, that would be, I think, uh, the huge thing. Uh, you know, turn them into raving fans, but give them a reason to rave as well. You know, give them the support, follow their kids. If you want to be involved in a sporting group, follow your people's, um, you know, uh, kids in their sporting and work it that way. Nice. Good. Um, I think planning and also recruiting is very important. So right. having a map of where you want to go for the year and also having the manpower to do it. Um, something I learnt in the, um, the leadership earlier on in the year, the kickstart leadership, is that we probably didn't replace what we had. So for Gorick and Office over the last you know, two or three years, we had stable people either you know, retire or leave in industry yes. and we didn't replace them. Yes. Um, so I think that's very important. If, you know, from day to day or week to week, you need to be looking at who you've got on your team. Yep. A nice one. I like that. Yep. That's one. You need no fly from me. I'm not quite as quick as Darren with um, that. Um, I think, as Darren did say, I think you've got to treat your clients with care. And 
when you're meeting the general public, you have to leave them in a better, um, or what they think of the company, in a better level than where it was. So that might be the way you treat them, you're doing something you, you know, you're going to um, say you're going to do, um, things like that. Number three would be, I think presentation is huge uh, from an office point of view. And I think who you have working for you, make sure they're the right people and they have their heart in the right place. So by presentation, you don't just mean the way that they dress? No, not the way they dress, the way they treat people, you yeah. know, what they do when you're not looking, uh, what they say about your company right. or about yourself when you know, you're not listening. Those type of people are the ones that you want for your company. Yes. Four would be, yeah, probably to outwork us. And I think to adapt and grow. One thing that we have done in the last 12, 18 months is our marketing department. We've grown huge in the way of podcasting, marketing, videography, all that kind of thing. So from that point of view, I think you have new ways to lead forward. And uh, five is just sharing new ideas, listening and, and talking to other people in the industry. Yeah, I think that's how you, you'll get there. Right, okay. Anything to suggest? Um, I think both of the boys touched on people. So helping the people grow in themselves, yes. but also as a team. So right making sure that you're knowing more about your people, learning more about them, helping them get their wins because we know when we help them, then it in turn helps their clients, it helps them, their clients, and it helps the business as well. So um, people side, definitely training, massive important thing that we really have ramped up in the last 12 months. So we did go back to a lot more disciplined training. And I think that has paid huge dividends in terms of our community our results but also winning the award i think it's also helped with the new recruits too as in as they've come along we've got a lot stronger identification for the new people early mm. i think that's been really important so yeah yeah. yeah yeah and i think too sometimes i've heard it be said before you know oh it's easy you guys have a big team so you should win office of the year but I don't necessarily think that's the case. I think a small office could win it just as easily as what a big office could. It's not about how many people you've got. It's about what you do with what you've got and what you do within your own team and community. Yes, and people don't realise that, you know, to to run a big team, it means that at least you have to be profitable. You can't run a big team on a small budget. Mm -hmm. Right, so so you already you must be doing something right. And also the stuff that comes from having a large team too. You know, if yeah. you've got four or five staff that are consistently wanting time or you know love or connection or whatnot, then you have times that by ten, you know, all of a sudden there's a lot of time that goes missing into managing that team. Yeah, as the office of the year, it obviously is about the sum of all parts is bigger than the sum of each individual part. Even though I believe that Darren's leadership this year was probably far, far ahead of even the runner-up, can I ask you, Darren, what would be, what would you say was the most important department, if you had to choose one, in a COVID year in your business? That's very interesting. I think leadership was easily the key, and when I say leadership, I'm not talking about me being a leader, I'm talking about whether it be Megs, whether it be uh, Kurt, Kim, Matt, Sean, or it, like Shays, the Clays, the Naomi's, the yeah. you know um, the Kim Whalens. I think um, make a, a monster difference. You, you know, your, your Nick Mondays and your Carolyns um, from an office perspective uh, are huge. And then you go to, over to marketing as well. Rees now uh, no longer with us, but uh, because she moved up to Lennox Head, but phenomenal person in that department who held it together while there was no one else there. And now it's a monster team and, and uh, she did a great job. So uh, hard to say. I think 
18 months ago, we seen a monster change with property management and it made a big, big difference to our business. It become a lot more proactive. We put a leadership group in place. Sales was always successful and it was always doing great things. But I think they realised that they didn't have to be the, the small brother or sister. They could be equal um, at the table. And as soon as they decided on that, it made a big difference to our company. And I think you'll see the same with our marketing department at the moment. It'll really go from strength to strength. And I think, you know, adding that all together, I think it's a good combination. So it's a hard one to answer. I, um, but you had to pick one. What if? What yeah. if you? Well, what if it'd be you like asking me to leave my, my kids if there was a I, tsunami? I, you know, no, I, 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 d- I didn't say that. I didn't say that. But let's imagine that you have a football team. Yeah. The football team takes every player to win. But if I said to you right now, you can live with one team player, and you're going to be leaving and coaching a new team. Yeah. If you had to, which one of the players would you take? Oh, so meaning which part of the business? Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, it would be leadership. I, I, couldn't, I wouldn't pick one because our business is a whole. And I know it's a great question, but I think if I think like that, then I actually, you know, I'm not looking at it as it being a whole. I, I love the fact that it's a whole. It balances itself and, uh, and we've got all You're talking like targets. a politician, mate. Yeah, I know. I, I get it. But I get it. I have no. I have no problem. I'll take that. I, I I'd also take think our cleaning department. It, <laughs> if I, if I, because the truth is the company starts from the cleaning upwards. No, but uh, I hope that people didn't really understand the when you said leadership that it was about what you do. I think that what you were talking about is the leadership in every one of us, that every single individual has got the duty to lead uh, himself first, like do give the best of yourself. And if you did all of that, well, then the sum of all parts has to be way bigger. Yeah, right. I think it's I the, think that's the legacy of, of the shirt, leaving the shirt in a better place like the, the All Blacks talk about the legacy yeah. book. You know, it's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, the, every person in our company at the moment, I think, whether it be the cleaner all the way up, all have a responsibility to be a better position in, in 12 months' time. And I think they're all really doing that. And from COVID, I watched them turn from what was a team that was concentrating on what they did to better it for themselves. And now they're looking at concentrating on doing it better for the community. And I think that's a huge step. And uh, I, I do believe that was where mum and dad started it. And I think that's where we've returned to. And that makes me very proud. Very mm. proud. Okay. How about you, man? What's your plan for this year, Kurt? Because you've been the uh, uh, winner of the sales manager for quite a number of years, right? Yeah. So where's your plan this year? Where, where do you want to take the business to? I think um, I touched on it before, and it's probably about a rebuilding. As I said, we've lost a lot of key people over the last kind of 12, 18 months. People that have been there for a long time, yeah. you know, five, 10 years. We have to really look at, I suppose, just regrouping and re, um, re-recruiting um, new people, new champions. So that's where my focus is going to be because, you know, in the next 12, 18 months, it's going to be quite easy for, you know, Charmaven or other officers that have recruited in the last 12, 18 months to catch up. So, yeah, very much trying to create our own champions again. Yeah. Well, one other thing I want to talk to you because we, we just finished a, a training session. And I have noticed uh, probably a repetition of what uh, Darren said earlier, in other words. I have noticed that your benchy, your, your, the, the people just started, yep. somehow are actually flying at a much higher level than they used to. Are you doing something different? I think um, our process of hiring is really good and I think that we attract you know probably from winning office of the year and awards like that we do attract good people but in saying that it's you know we do train every day you know we train four times a week um, between myself Kim Matt and um, Sean Um, so that's you know that's one of the reasons why they're at that level Um, two we've got a lot of procedures in place from the leadership up so procedure manuals is a must 
and we've got a lot of ideas for people like they know where they can start and where they can end up you know I started at the bottom uh, making you know door knocks and cold calls and putting up signs so they know that you know they can jump from there and I think that's what is good about our, our office is that you do have a map and it's up to you where you want to start and where you want to finish and we'll give you all the tools and everything and Darren, one of Darren's uh, good lines or what he does say is that you know it's not if they're not making base or they're not getting to a certain point it's not them it's us um, and I always kind of think about that so you know of course you've got to have the right culture attitude and all that kind of thing but if all those things are correct then um, it's really up to us to, to get them to a place yeah I like that I like that I think he's been, a bit, he's been a bit humble though in, in real in, um, because I think that Kurt's expectation is one of the reasons that he has champions under him all the time you know he expects brilliance out of them because they're good enough and he sees stuff in them that they don't see in themselves and he keeps it very fun and it's a very good environment to, to bounce off. And whilst they work hard, they, they have a lot of fun while they're doing it. And it takes that pressure cooker off. So um, it's very humble of him saying it. But I think his expectation and that being able to control that pressure cooker on and off is unbelievable. So uh, I think that's his real strength. That's nice. Something that you mastered, mate. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I also want to say is this, you know, your team may be uh, disciplined. They know what they're doing. But I also, it's also one of the ratings where even a very young team member would be encouraged and would actually achieve buying a house in their first or second year. I just spoke to Thomas Five today, and he was so proud showing me the property he's bought yeah. with that little bit of, of, of water glimpse. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. you know, but the excitement in, in the kid to share that is fantastic. Yeah. And, and somehow you've managed to do that. I don't know too many offices on the Central Coast, let alone anywhere in Australia, but on the Central Coast, where we're selling just normal mum and dad's home and still a, a young 22-year-old after a year or two years around you can now buy a home. I don't see that many teams. And yes, we have discipline, we have procedure, but that's not because we want to be tough on them. I, I always say to people, if they work around us and we don't make them successful, that's tough. Yeah. That's when we're tough on them, yeah. right? When we actually making them money and, and, and help them buy a home, that's not tough. We, we're actually being nice to them. I think one of the things that, uh, that we realised early in the piece was that it's not just about what they get paid in a paycheck. It's what they do with that paycheck that's important. And so, you know, encouraging a lifestyle, and it's up to them how they spend it and what they spend it on. Uh, but the truth is, at the end of the day, it's easy for us to encourage them to be involved in an industry that they're going to be selling. And if they, they buy it, they go through that experience, they can see what it's like. And, you know, if they end up with one, two, five, 10, 20 properties, um, that, you know, we're creating a better lifestyle for them for the future and they've got an easy chance to retire early. So Kurt I, touched on it a little bit as well. There is that roadmap there for them that they can, they can build their own destiny. It's up to them. And also association. There's a lot of people in our team that have started at the bottom, so to speak. You know, they've come in at that entry-level position and they've grown... Um, gone through the ranks and achieved some really great things. So people are coming into our team and seeing that and they're going, wow, this is pretty cool. Like my manager actually was where I am now. So that excites them. It's not like they're coming in and there are people that come in and and some jump quicker than others, but the potential is there for any of them to get to that point. So that I think for the young people these days, they want that speed of jumping the ladder. They want to come in. We were talking about it earlier. They want to come in and you know take your seat yeah, yeah straight away <laughs> that's fine Happy for that. Yeah. and they haven't seen what 
the previous years you've put in, you know, when I first started or when Kim first started, you know, people like that. Yeah. That's the thing, you know, they might see us, okay, we might duck off a, you know, a bit earlier on a, a Friday afternoon now or we might not work quite as late on a Saturday. But, you know, for the 10, 10 years before that, we're working 50, 60 hours, you know, and what we do at home as well that they don't see. But mm. this generation seems to be, yeah, they just want to come in, work the minimum hours and get paid the, the maximum dollars so that they can. <laughs> so that's something to adapt to and work with, really. I think that's that's what uh, the industry is now starting to dictate and they're actually just looking at the best of it. I was reading a book actually the, this morning and I was talking about, you know, uh, for a life-changing event, it was 5,000 AD that it had taken, then it went down to 1,000 AD, then it went down to 250, then it went down to, and now they reckon it's down to um, 15 days um, a life-changing event actually takes place uh, and uh, it's it's amazing what they're talking about and they reckon it's going to accelerate even further I think life is like that too people start to see it and they start to work out how can I make this even better and neater and quicker and faster and and look you know the truth is at the end of the day some of these young ones that come through they can do it they're damn fantastic at it so let's just encourage them to be the best they can and if they can do it part-time or like Praddy taking a month off at Christmas um, because he'd done so well in the year well good luck to them if that's what they want yeah and one, one of the things I would like to end this podcast on is for the number of years I've known all of you how I have noticed not only sure materialistically you, you have improved you have gathered more things around you okay. but as a person you have improved and I think that that is more important because a lot of us don't really understand but work is the place where you you build virtues you create values and those values and virtues are actually to be brought home to your own family to your own children to, to your future family and I see the building and the makeup of better people as we do our job I don't know when you noticed that Darren I mean you, you had these people here when they were probably young coming out from school and, <laughs> and, and, you, and you look at them now and they actually becoming probably even better individuals than we were when yeah, we were the age. 100%. Yeah, I'm very of proud of that. Yeah, it's amazing. Look, you know, to watch um, well, the two that are sitting here, but, you know, you could probably say a whole arsenal in our team just growing and becoming better people and great in the community, great with families, um, the way they treat people. You know, we've all got our negative things or our vices that we've got that are probably, you know, ticks or clicks, but everyone starts to work on them. And I think they just put a lot of work into their training side of it uh, mentally and, and they've got good association around each other. And um, the compass, the moral compass is probably still set from dad early in the piece they've got their own individual ones and i think they're all aligned into the same values and uh, we work hard on that to keep patting each other on the back on those values i think yeah definitely you're right even like you know with the younger ones coming through now you see the changes in you know like a sean pratt where he was three four years ago and we quite often think that he's a lot older than what he is because where he's at so far um, but i would have loved to have started with his age you know just turned 17 you know he's like a sponge and now we're really seeing like progressing into a really good real estate but would you say that that's the speed at which you bring these newcomers is highly dependent on the person you become yeah. yourself if i gave you anyone now who's capable and anyone who's got that, that desire that dream to win yeah. would you say that the kurt of 2021 is able to get the best out of them way faster than the kurt of 2019 for example definitely. yeah definitely yeah as long as they got the right heart yeah. yeah, they've got to have the right heart. That's why you're going to have to have the right colour first. Mm-hmm. All black first. Yeah. Right? Is there anything else that I should know that I haven't asked? 
No. This is giving us extra credits for next year. Yeah. <laughs> 2021. Cup <laughs> Well, thank you very much for taking the time. And um, I, I just wanted to say that I'm very, very proud of what you guys have achieved. Maybe some of the achievements, uh, achievements that I probably can't even comprehend. But you have done it because I think that when I look at what a young Jesse who's been in your business for a month and a half is now capable of doing, I know that the whole management uh, running him is way, way more powerful than what I can even see on the surface. Yeah, so you. congratulations and thank you very much for being the office of the year. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks, Thomas.